this this past week, um, uh, occupancy rates in the hotels were about eighty percent. Um, this coming week, they're down to seven. Uh, so Whistler is pretty much going to be a ghost town, uh, and I'm really concerned for a lot of the businesses and the people that are living here because there's no money coming in. Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. This is Wintry Mix COVID Quick Pod number three. I'm Alex Kaufman. In the last three days, I put out a newsy chat from Summit County, Colorado, the day prior to the shutdowns, then a panel with Steve Wright, Dave Meeker, and Mike Rogie moments after the industry titans pulled the plug. And tonight, we have Maddie Granger, who works in healthcare in Salt Lake, Mark Warner of the Low Pressure Podcast in Whistler, Katie Clifford, who is working to help school-age kids get their meals during the closures, and Digi Dave Amaralt, who showed up late. I don't think I'll be able to keep these up nightly, but will do my best to maintain a regular clip going forward until the pandemic storm passes. You've seen the news and you're tuning in here for context. That's what I'm doing with this temporary change to the Wintry Mix podcast feed. If you'd like to join the next quick pods, DM me on Instagram or Twitter at Wintry Mixcast. Thanks to my valued sponsors, Bojo's Pizza and 10 Barrel Brewing. More about them when we get back to regular episodes, which might be a little while. Let's jump in with this evening's panel, recorded on March 15th, Sunday at about 6 p.m. Mountain. Okay, COVID quick pod number three. I'm trying to get these uh, to work right, and it just takes practice. On the screen today, we have Katie Clifford, who is an outdoor marketing professional based in Salt Lake City. We have Mark Warner of the Low Pressure Podcast based in Whistler, who just returned from Europe. And we also have Maddie Granger, who works in the health system there in the Salt Lake City, Utah area. Um, Maddie, I know you have to get somewhere right away, so I want to bring you in first. Um, before all the ski areas closed, Maddie, when's the last time you went skiing? So I actually skied yesterday. I work my side job at Wasatch Adaptive Sports at Snowbird, so I worked a full day. And Maddie, as our as our health professional on tonight's panel, um, how do you feel? Are you nervous? Are you confident? How should we feel? How do your colleagues feel? Um, so... To be honest, um, I think we all have a lot of anxiety. I'll speak for myself mostly is that I do have some anxieties. They might be a little different than the general public. Um, uh, insecurities that we have about about the future of healthcare and the population um, are at the forefront. Um, we don't tend to worry so much about our own health. Um, and as a younger, healthier person, that is a luxury and um, that I, I can afford. So my own health is not necessarily an anxiety that I have, but I do worry about um, the overwhelming effect that it, it will have on our healthcare system. And I have a couple of family members who are due to have babies in early April. If you were going to be in the hospital for reasons non-COVID related in three weeks to a month, how should that person feel? Is there anything they should do on the front end? I mean, if I were going to have a baby in April and I have friends that actually are, 
I am encouraging to maintain the same um, health concerns that they had before um, and not necessarily stray from healthcare centers. Don't skip appointments that are necessary. Um, if you have something elective coming up that you don't need to have done, I, I might skip that just for the sake of avoiding large crowds of people. But if you are going to have a baby, I would in no way discourage you from seeking your normal health care um, that you would do for that, because that would just put you at more of a risk. And I speak that for myself and my friends. Can you help us understand why this is all happening? What is the idea of flatten the curve and how much social distancing do we need to have you know, what's the real driver of all this? The idea of social distancing is to slow the amount of transmission that a disease um, can pass within a population. And the slower a disease moves through a population, the more we are able to um, get medical resources to those people seeking care at each time. To what extent is Utah trying to test the public? Do you have any idea how many tests your state's even running right now? I do not. So as of last week, um, supposedly hospitals were given a certain number of tests that was congruent with the amount of population that they served. And then directly after we were told that those tests were being sent to Utah, um, a new legislation was passed supporting free testing for all. And we were told all of these fever clinics and testing centers were going to be set up. And so that's changing by the minute. So. I also, unsatisfying answer, I have no idea how many tests are available or who they're being offered to. I know that I have had coworkers that have had to go home without being tested because they weren't in Utah yet as of last week, but those things have been changing every hour on the hour. All right, Maddie, we're gonna let you get to work. Thank you so much for your uh, expertise there. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. And Maddie mentioned availability of testing. And we're going to jump now to Mark Warner up in Whistler, who just returned from Europe, I believe. And do you have a symptom or two, Mr. Warner? Uh, nope, not that I can tell at the moment. Um, I, I'm a bit of a germaphobe in real life, um, apart from all this kind of stuff anyways. Uh, but it was getting pretty hairy over there. Um, they, When I was in France a week and a half ago, they shut down the tunnel from Italy to Chamonix. Uh, the following week at the Freeride World Tour, people were starting to get a little freaked out because it was showing up in T-Roll. Um, as I was making my way slowly back to Germany to fly home, I got an alert saying that all the trains from Italy to Austria got shut down. So I pretty much, it was I felt like Indiana Jones with the ball rolling behind me, like I better get out of here quick. Um, so actually on my way home, I still I work in a restaurant at home and I sent them a message of like, hey, people are starting to lose, to get freaked out over here. Um, it's probably not wise that I go to work for the next two weeks and serve people food because if I am sick and we have to go back, that would be, I'd probably make the news as that guy that spread it like crazy. So I've uh, installed a 14-day uh, uh, isolation, self-imposed. Uh, fortunately, dogs don't get COVID-19 apparently, so, so I'm good for now. But uh, I don't feel bad. Uh, you know, I'm going out for walks, but I got enough food to last me a couple of weeks. I got lots of books and some podcast stuff to do. So that's pretty much where I'm at right now. So that means you probably haven't been out into Whistler to figure out how people are reacting too much, but I'm sure you've probably heard some stuff. I mean, what's the vibe there as best you can tell from your living room? Uh, well, they closed the mountains yesterday, as you know. Um, people are 
little choked. The, um, they're happy that they're getting paid for a week, though. But um, I went for a dog walk today uh, with a friend uh, who owns two businesses in town, uh, one bar uh, called The Raven Room and another uh, hair salon. Um, so they are kind of waiting to see what happens with the hair salon. You know, they've canceled their, their cancellation policy. Uh, with the bar, I know that um, this, this past week um, – uh, occupancy rates in the hotels were about 80 percent um this coming week they're down to seven uh so whistler is pretty much going to be a ghost town uh and i'm really concerned for a lot of the businesses and the people that are living here because there's no money coming in yeah no i can believe that um we just got dave amaral who hopped on here dave you were at snow basin today i believe they tried to operate because they thought that was a thing that would work i mean what happened today Snow Basin decided they were going to operate today. Um, so I went up there to uh, essentially stick a fork in the season because I assumed that beyond today they wouldn't be operating. Um, major issue is that because they were the only operator in the state that was essentially in the icon, I'm sorry, in the epic pass network that was operating, uh, people started showing up since Park City and canyons are closed. Um, they closed all their uphill enclosed transit. So they have two high capacity gondolas, one that comes out of their main base area and another one that's on the strawberry side. Um, those uh, I think were turned off a couple days ago once this started to become an issue. And today uh, they had some wind issues which took out the John Paul Express and maybe a couple other chairs wasn't really paying attention because when I showed up and saw the lines and, and uh, people waiting for tickets. I just turned around and came immediately home. Um, they did make the right call. They've got a, a great general manager there. Davey Ratchard's a smart guy, and uh, they pulled the plug on the entire season today. So, um, yeah, now I believe we're, we're, we're operating on Powder Mountain and maybe Sundance. Uh, Ski Utah has a pretty uh, in-depth blog post on places that are allowing uphill transit and places that are uh, kind of close for the season. So on that note, Dave, and, and Mark, I noticed in last night's reporting that a handful of resorts in Colorado, when Governor Polis basically said all the ski areas have to close down, some of the small ones got kind of publicly angry. Uh, Monarch and Silverton and uh, Wolf Creek all were willing to be publicly quoted saying we shouldn't be shut down. We're kind of the size of big restaurants. Um, obviously, I think that's pretty short term thinking in that the public was going to shut them down in two to three days anyway. So what's the difference? But I mean, what's your take on a handful of resorts? How long are a handful of holdouts going to last? And how realistic is it for them to, you know, theoretically fight it and, and kind of ignore the fact that if they stay open, they're going to get swamped? A place like Silverton does draw a, a minuscule amount of skier visits. However, Silverton is a tiny little community in the middle of nowhere in Colorado. And if you look at the outbreaks that we're seeing right now, the Roaring Fork Valley in Eagle County are going crazy right now. You might start seeing quarantines in the Roaring Fork Valley because of the amount of cases that are popping up. A place like Silverton, if you have one person in that town, one person is like 3% of the people that live there, right? And then it's just gonna get passed around. So while I appreciate the fact that Jen and Aaron Brill are entrepreneurs and have built an amazing experience down at Silverton Mountain, and they are correct. The amount of skier visits they get within a given day are much less than a restaurant. It's still an issue. It's drawing people in from around the community, and they have to be worried about the people that are around them. Monarch, I don't care about your – They, the quote that I was seeing was that they, they were – 
excited to break their skier visitation record, which sat somewhere around 200,000. Guess what, guys? Colorado's exploding. You're going to beat your skier visit number next year and the year after and maybe a couple of years after that. Um, so, you know, while it is tough for the governor to come in and say, all ski resorts are closed. You can't put your hand up and say, but we're we're unique and we're an excuse and, and we should be open. Sorry, that's how it works. You're an attraction. You draw in people from a lot of different aspects of the community. They're all there in, in one contained place. So, sorry, you have to close. That That's how you keep this safe. And uh, Mark, up in Whistler, I know obviously Whistler as a Vail Resort has closed down, but I believe there's probably other skiing in British Columbia um, do you think that will continue? What's kind of the, the scene with that? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's going to shut down. I think Cypress Mountain was, uh, I saw a post today that Cypress was open today, um, which was bad news because everyone that was going to come up to Whistler, because uh, it's the end of spring break this week. Uh, so everyone that was going to come up here decided to flood into Cypress Mountain, which means everybody that skis in in Vancouver uh, takes 45 minutes to get up there, now has basically popping into the Petri dish, so to speak. So I, I don't think that anything's going to stay open, to be honest with you. Um, and with Vail's, you know, quote-unquote one-week shutdown, that's that's one week silly. I think that's just something they said to make people feel better about it. Maybe they can hold on to some reservations, but uh, we're done, I think. And anything you saw in Europe that you think North Americans need to know is coming? Not really. Like I said, I was just kind of ahead of it, to be honest with you. Um, I know the, the situation in Italy, is, people are getting really, really stressed out. Um, I was with uh, a couple Italian athletes um, who were with the kind of group in Austria having a time still posting. Um, like ski. We basically skied to the very last day. I skied, I skied, and then the next day they shut the resorts down there. Um, and they were getting messages from people back home that were basically saying, hey, what are you doing having fun when Italy is, like, in trouble? Um, so it's it's beyond the point of of um, concern. It's super serious. Like, from hearing, hearing from people about what's going on in Italy itself, and that's just one of the first ones. There's China, there's Italy. It's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, we've only seen the start of this. It's still so early. Okay, so we're all worried. This is all scary. Um, I'm out with my kids and not letting them go to the playground because I don't know what they're going to touch. We've got Katie Clifford from Salt Lake City on this podcast uh, because Mike Rogie recommended you. He heard about what you're doing in Utah to try to take this worry and this fear and turn it into something valuable and do some good, which I think we all need to look to next. So I, my sister uh, has four kids and as schools were starting to shut down, her big worry and my big worry was a lot of those schools provide meals for kids. So we just decided we are, you know, we have a lot of friends, we know a lot of people, let's use our social media for good and raised a bunch of money for um, one, a, a permanent pantry at, at one of the school districts here and then one of the mobile pantries. So between the two of us, we raised about three grand, which is just, I mean, we're just normal people, not influencers, just regular gals. Um, and then we've been uh, kind of surfing different stores. We didn't want to clear anything out for other people. So the pantries gave us a list of what was the most important stuff, and we've been gathering that. Um, and then I spent a couple hours yesterday at our Utah Food Bank helping to sort food. They really depend on corporate volunteers usually and big groups coming through. Obviously, those folks are dropping out, so they're just taking literal walk-ins, and I think lots of food banks around the country are doing that. 
But what we both found, both my sister and I, were both natural warriors. It's really scary stuff. But um, there are people in much dire straits than we are, and we should be thinking about them and how we can help. And I was really amazed yesterday and today and kind of as we've been talking, um, how much calmer I feel knowing that I've helped somebody um, and that I feel like I'm, I'm kind of rising to the occasion a little bit, not in a braggy way, but in a like, we're doing the right things to help and be part of the community um, does alleviate some of that uncertainty and stress. And anybody can do that. We threw some e some posts up on Instagram and people are just really looking for a way to help. And uh, we provided that means and we're able to do some real good. So I think anyone can do that wherever you are. And anyone in Salt Lake who wants to help you out should visit what or do what? Um, if anybody's here in Salt Lake and they want to uh, check out either uh, Emily Clifford, my sister is at Emily the Cliff on Instagram or uh, I'm at Replicate34, you can definitely look at us, or, because um, we'll be fundraising throughout this whole thing, the Utah Food Bank, you can literally walk in there. It's uh, at about 33rd South and 9th West, and they will take volunteers. They need people to help sort food. And if you're feeling okay, they will they'll clean you up, make sure you're sanitized, and get you to work. Where do you ski when you're not helping the food bank? Uh, we are solitude people. <laughs> Great. Yeah, with regards to the, the food bank thing, um, I saw a post the other day that Disneyland was going to be donating a lot of their food that they aren't going to be using because they're closed to the local food banks. Um, I actually tweeted um, something to Vale saying, hey, Vale, what are you doing over the next week with your food, potentially with the food banks? So I kind of retweeted that. Um, hopefully, maybe we can make some traction. That's so awesome. That's real. I've seen a few things like that big corporations that had a lot of food that have donated. And I think, again, we're all normal people, but we have social media and that's how we get things done these days. It's shame those big organizations <laughs> into doing the good things that they can do. Wrap us up here, Dave. Well, I'm a little bit concerned about you stealing chicken fingers at Vail. I believe that may have caused part of this outbreak. <laughs> stealing is the wrong word, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have to bring it back to your best podcast ever. Um, no, th th um, you know, this is going to hurt a lot of people in mountain town communities. They're going to lose their jobs temporarily and, and lose work and lose hours. And we need to be cognizant of that and do whatever we can to help. And those that can help should. So I'm sure those we'll start to see in the coming weeks where people are being squeezed and, uh, and we just have to do what we can. So if you own a business in or around a ski town, whether that's a restaurant or a rental shop or a retail shop or a massage parlor, I don't care. Um, let's get you on a future COVID quick pod. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get these daily through the midweek. Uh, on the weekend, I have a bit more time, but we'll see if I can keep them quasi-regular. Uh, reach out at Wintry Mix Cast. You should get the guys from... Um ski butlers yeah i know those guys get them on all right mark warner katie clifford dave amaral thanks for hopping on tonight guys stay safe thanks bud thank you is, is this where we do after the beep now thank you for listening if you appreciate that i'm doing this right now tell some people so they can hear it too 
If folks show that this is valuable, I'll keep it up. If not, then I'll likely stop. The rest of the Wintry Mix podcast archive is much more fun, and we'll get back to that when the time is right. Recent highlights include episode 78, all about I-70 congestion, 80 about ski town crime, and 82 about the climate crisis, which is just like coronavirus, except slower. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Wintry Mixcast. And as always, stay tuned for After the Beep. Goodbye. Okay, well, let's let's play a game for After the Beep. What do we think? What strange product in a supermarket will be the first things that people will have their minds blown that they can no longer buy? Like, what, what supply lines are going to get pinched first? What are we going to run out of as a society in the next few weeks to a month? Fucking toilet paper, man. I got back from Europe, and I actually need some. And it's gone. People are hoarding that shit like freaks. I actually, I had to get a friend bring me a couple rolls to walk our dogs today, and she gave me a couple rolls so I could bring home so I didn't have to shower it out. That still boggles my mind. Shower it out. Okay, what's, what's, your, what's your product, Katie? What do you think we're going to run out of first? <laughs> Um, well, I've been to the store today and it looks like we're going to run, well, we've run out of hand sanitizer already, which is crazy. But I think the thing that's going to really surprise people is that nobody eats the healthy stuff. Like there's still Kashi on the shelves and all kinds of stuff. Like everybody picked the high sugar, high fun, high fructose stuff. And the healthy shit is just laying around. (laughs) You, you could build a house out of Boca burgers right now. Yeah, it's true. What's a Boca burger? Oh, it's a terrible meatless disc. <laughs> the, the, why would people buy it? So they could build a fucking shelter. Because of virtue signaling in meals. I don't know. <laughs> Dave, what, what strange item are we going to run out of in a month that no one sees coming? Oh, God. Um, fidget spinners? No. Um... <laughs> That's a good one. I think fidget spinners are going to make a big comeback now that everyone's going to be trapped at home and bored. Um, no, I mean, everything at the grocery stores here, it's bread's gone, eggs. Um, I think everything in the frozen food aisle, all the good stuff's been picked through. But I mean, the good thing is supply chain's not really drying up. Like the grocery stores are restocking once a night. Um, but what's the, yeah, but where are those, but who's making those products? I mean, think about the the origin of all the products. Yeah, I know. But think about the Midwest, man. (laughs) Condoms. There's going to be a there's going to be a giant baby boom and the those children are going to be called um uh cor- coronalia. <laughs> no, they're corona kids. Coronalias. Coronal corona perennials. Coronals, thank you. Coronals. Coronals. Okay, okay. Yeah. Good. This In is 9 a, months I, there's going to be a baby boom. I guarantee I have, it. I have too much I have too much tape. Goodbye everybody. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks dude. See you man. Bye.